Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael. It is Friday, June 10th, and we had big time news yesterday afternoon slash evening with CSU President Joyce McConnell. Uh, the, the news coming out that she would be stepping down from her position. She'll get a $1.57 million buyout to end her contract two years early. So uh, while it is being framed as kind of a mutual decision, doesn't really seem too mutual, especially because there's you know, a non-disparaging clause in this buyout. Neither side is allowed to say anything negative about the other. But this was obviously huge news. And so I was able to catch up with Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Coloradoan. We just kind of went back and forth on it, talked about, you know, why it was surprising, why it wasn't surprising, you know, the potential impact moving forward on athletics, all of that stuff, uh, the impact it could have regarding Joe Parker's future. We got into it all. It was a really enjoyable interview. Really appreciate Kev giving me some time on his week off, you know, so he's he's great. I mean, that's one of the things I've talked about before is just we have a really cool community on this CSU beat, you know, with me, Eddie, and Kevin, and you know, everybody's obviously competitive. We all want to do well, but we're also, you know, friends, and and we we're all good to each other. It's just a it's a great beat. Just nice to not have to deal with some of the you know petty BS that you see on you know the Broncos beat, for instance, or just you know pro beats in general, even other college beats. I think it's just people get too wrapped up in it all. So I, I you know, anyways. <laughs> this is basically me giving free publicity for why Kevin and Eddie are great, but they do. Those guys kick ass. Always appreciate them. Before we get to that interview with Kevin, are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet, get $150 in free bets instantly. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday, do it during the NBA finals and do it with the DraftKings same game parlay. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000, five Gs, on one $5 bet. That's some Adam Sandler uncut gems level stuff. I mean, that was epic. And you can create your own by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, whatever you want. You're going to have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. Get $150 in free bets instantly. That promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Real quick, I also want to thank everybody for their kind texts, tweets, DMs, Snapchats, Instagram posts. Everybody was really great to me on my birthday yesterday. Felt uh, Felt very loved, I'm going to be honest. That was... That was uh, that was the most birthday love I've gotten probably since I was like in high school. I don't know. It's I'm I've never been a, a big birthday guy just in terms of like, you know, I I don't do big parties, you know, I don't expect my friends to drop everything that they're doing and do something elaborate for me. I've just I've never really been that guy, but was able to have a nice dinner with the girlfriend, you know, see some family. To me, you know, that that's a perfect birthday, you know, just nice dinner, maybe you go to a Rockies game or something and it just doesn't have to be all that fancy, but I I really appreciate all of you. I'm always blown away by the support that I get from the CSU community. It's insane. You guys are so good to me. And I just, I try to never take it for granted. I really do. But uh, let's get to that interview with Kevin. 
And uh, thank you all for the kind birthday messages. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, we've got Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado in. Big time surprise yesterday in the CSU community with the news coming out that Joyce McConnell and uh, CSU will be parting ways. Somewhat phrased as a mutual ordeal, but anytime you pay somebody to leave early, it's not exactly mutual. And there's a, there's a non-disparaging thing in there. You know, they're not allowed to speak out against each other. But before we talk about all that, I'm just I'm curious, how surprising was this to you? Because I think we knew that you know, there were some people on the CSU campus that didn't love her, but I mean, I, I definitely didn't see this coming, you know, this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of mixed. I mean, certainly surprise, obviously a huge move. Um, yeah. I, people that I trust, you know, well-connected that have been telling me for a while that it was not going to last long. Uh, but yeah, kind of likewise, I didn't necessarily think that meant right now. Cause you know, that's a short tenure, especially when you consider that kind of her Joyce's basically first full year was the COVID year, which um, obviously there are just so many kind of side things with that, that, you know, really limit that timeline. So, so yeah, surprise that was this quick, but, you know, had heard some rumblings of, you know, some dissent and dis- disconnect, uh, you know, through the university. I know you have to be careful with, you know, what you can say. And to an extent, it's kind of like speculation, but in your opinion, what do you feel kind of played into that? Why do you feel that the McConnell tenure these last three years were, were kind of not going so great based on, you know, what these people feel? Right. Yeah. I think it's a lot of things. You know, I think everyone, when the news came out yesterday, wanted to, you know, jump and assume that there's one big scandal or something that led to this. Yeah. And, um, if there is, I don't know of it yet. Um, it sounds like a number of different things. I think there are a number of different things. I think this is one of those, you know, paper cut situations where, you know, a lot of things lead to a big thing rather than one big thing. Uh, you know, there was a lot of turnover university side and some really, uh, you know, high positions. Um, some people leaving, some people, you know, being let go, a variety of that. Um, I don't, you know, it's hard to say exactly how much athletics played in, but obviously uh, the, the Steve Adazio, you know, era was, uh, you know, under Joyce, she was a big part of his hiring and and then subsequent firing after, you know, two pretty bad years. Uh, so like I said, I think there are a lot of things um, that led to it. Uh, but yeah, certainly, obviously, huge news. It, you know, obviously, this will touch every aspect of the university. Obviously, you and I you know, mostly focus on sports and it will have a little bit of an impact there. But obviously, this is a, you know, a big, big move um, for CSU. One of the things that people were asking me on Twitter is just, should we be worried about how this is going to impact athletics? And I know you made this point on Twitter. I did as well. Like to an extent, if you brought somebody in that was super anti-athletics, obviously could change some things, but CSU is already very much financially committed to it. So it, it, to me, it seems like you have to bring in somebody that's going to have like a a viable plan to move forward. It's not going to be a scenario where you bring somebody in that's going to try and pivot because you can't, the money's already spent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, whoever CSU does end up hiring will be aligned with the overall vision. And, and, you know, don't forget Tony Frank, uh, you know, still the, the invisible hand pushing a lot of things right now. Um, and, and obviously a lot of the things that, you know, on the athletic side at CSU, he was heavily involved in. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, with the commitment and everything, uh, you're going to hire someone that's aligned with that and continues that. I mean, 
CSU obviously has had, you know, some issues, you know, most specifically football, but they haven't been financial. The backing has been there. Uh, you know, I know some people want to say Joyce was, you know, an anti-athletics president, but the financial backing was there, which is really what you need. And yeah, she wasn't, you know, a big pom-pom waiver at games, you know, maybe like Tony Frank was, uh, but the financial backing was there and that will continue. You know, kind of to your point, you know, I said, you don't build the stadium and then go, go scale everything back. So yeah, there, there certainly will be an impact and it'll be interesting to see how the next president is involved, you know, their views, they can certainly tweak some things and change some things. So it will have an impact but the, I guess, concern of, you know, a big scale back, you know, it just won't happen. I think it's important, the distinction that you brought up to there, like, she wasn't Tony Frank, you know, she wasn't, I don't think she was a sports fan per se, you know, out there. And Tony Frank's kind of rare in, in that scenario. He was a massive sports fan. So like, he was just very visible. I do think over time, she kind of recognized that she needed to be more visible in that regard. And we started to see her more, you know, at the basketball games and, you know, obviously she did the video when they re-signed Nico Medved. Like, I think all of that was was good PR. And to me, like, to an extent, it, I was like, you know, maybe things are kind of turning in the right direction for, for her at CSU. But it, it didn't ultimately happen. How soon, in your opinion, does CSU need to, you know, fill this position? Because it's, it's probably kind of unsettling as a university to, you know, not have that, that person running the ship. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm not totally sure how long this search will take. Um, I'm sure they're, um, I'm sure CSU probably is already, you know, the the board and everything are probably already, you know, seeking out some names. And certainly you know, a position like this, you're going to have people coming to you to, uh, you know, kind of putting their name in. But, you know, I would think it'll take a little while. Um, it'll be interesting. I know the board governors is mean right now. It'll be interesting to see if they sort of have a timeline projection. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. I, the whole you know, all of it to me is pretty fascinating. I think you're dead on with Joyce and her, I guess, visibility around athletics. You know, I, I don't know if it was directly tied, but sure seemed like after the Adazio firing um, and Norvell hiring, she became more visible. You saw her at some more basketball games. She was at the NCAA tournament. Um, obviously, those are PR moves, but understandable ones. Uh, she, I thought it was interesting at the, um, before the football spring game, you know, they had the grit run that Kim Norvell uh, runs that was hugely successful, really cool event. Um, Joyce was there at the start. And then um, I was there, you know, the, the runners all took off and everything. The players had been there to kind of form a tunnel to, you know, start the runners off. And then after all the runners took off, Joyce huddled the team around and kind of gave sort of a pep talk, I guess I would say, kind of just say, you know, the, you know, with COVID there haven't been as many chances for the community to come together to experience things. And, you know, this is a really cool event. And, you know, she's excited for the football team to sort of be part of this. Is um, is pretty interesting. You know, again, like she didn't say anything surprising, really, but an interesting little talk that you know she kind of just did a sort of like I say pseudo informal pep talk. Uh, you know, the team present her with a jersey with her name, so she's clearly um, making an effort in, in some ways to get a little bit more entrenched with things. Um, so, so yeah, it's pretty interesting how that evolved. I'll be. I'll be intrigued to see what the next president does, because I think you're right. You know, a lot of people that are qualified for that position. I mean, you have a lot on your plate. So watching sports probably isn't you know necessarily top of your list. So uh, like I say, I don't think you need your president to be, you know, sitting front row every game, but you need to be a little visible. Um, but like I say, really, most importantly, um, from athletic side, they need the, the financial support. And, and that has been there. So 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little torn on the, how much do you need your presence to really be public? You know, I, I think some, but I don't think, uh, you know, need to be face painted in the front row of, you know, <laughs> of, of the student section either. No. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on there. I, I'm curious, how do you think this impacts the direction of the athletic department from an athletic director standpoint? Because obviously we have not at least publicly heard anything about, you know, if, Joe's going to get Joe Parker's going to get a new deal or not. His deal is going to be up at the end of the year. Do you think this potentially helps him? I mean, in terms of like, you know, a new president comes in, maybe they just want that stability. You know, they don't want to have to fill that position. I also think it could possibly hurt him just because, you know, then a president could just be like, look, I want my own guy. Your deal's up anyways. It's not like I have to, you know, buy you out or remove you. That's a interesting yeah. area to watch, I guess, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. It, you know, it's hard to say, you know, obviously a lot will depend on who comes in and like you say, do they want, you know, one of their own people that they've worked with in the past? And obviously they'll, you know, I'm sure whoever it is will sort of do, you know, that to use the phrasing, they'll use, you know, a top-down evaluation, that type of thing. Um, and as we've talked, you know, a lot about athletic department overall is a, a mixed bag, I guess, you know, obviously the last, many years of football, you know, basically going back to when, you know, Bobo was extended, you know, when he shouldn't have been and that going wrong, the Adazio hiring and what happened both on and off the field during that, you know, you have those issues, obviously you have the good of, you know, basketball, you know, men's basketball doing really well. It looks like women's basketball is rebounding, uh, you know, volleyball is tends to be pretty consistent, um, you know, football, you know, to be determined, but I think everyone's pretty optimistic about the Jay Norvell hire and what that will mean. So you have quite a mixed bag. You, you know, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, they have to, you know, I think they really need to get going on the soccer softball facility. I think that's um, a thing that really needs to happen uh, and quickly, uh, you know, NIL and all that stuff. I would say CSU is kind of behind on that compared to some other universities. Um, and obviously the hugest one is, uh, you know, conference realignment and there's probably one more wave CSU needs to be well positioned for that. Uh, so yeah, there's a ton going on. It will be very fascinating to see whoever the new president is kind of how they view things and sort of what the next steps are there, because yeah, you can, uh, you can certainly see both ways of, you know, want to ride stability or maybe, um, you know, change there. And, and it's basically impossible for us to say right now, but certainly one to watch. Whatever they decide, it's just going to kind of be one of those situations where CSU cannot afford to miss on this. They've already, you know, invested in a major way. Like you said, this next round, whatever this expansion, realignment, whatever that ends up looking like, if CSU is not even in the conversation, then basically you wasted 15 years and a whole lot of money. Yeah, I mean... You know, Joe Parker, I, I don't have the quote right in front of me, but before last season started, you know, he straight up admitted, you know, and that was right as, you know, the Big 12 was adding all those AAC teams and everything, uh, basically admitted, you know, we don't have football success, so no one's looking at us. Um, and that was before the last football season, which obviously didn't do anything to uh, increase what, I guess there was some visibility for CSU, but not the visibility they wanted. Uh, so, yeah, you have to get that going because, I say, I do think there will be another round out, you know, hard to say exactly when, but not too far off. You've got to be in that mix. Um, and, and right now, uh, like I say, CSU wasn't even in the conversation this last round. What would your sense be of how hot Parker's seat was 
like right now, before before the McConnell news, like let's just assume McConnell was going into the next year and she was going to stay. What, what you're, this is just your gut, you know. This I'm not asking you to you know say anything definitively. Do you feel like Parker had redeemed himself enough with the Medved extension with the Norvell hiring, or do you think people, you know, we've already talked about the the mishaps, obviously the Bobo extension, Adazio, everything that happened there. Was there just too much gone wrong at that point for it to be recoverable? Yeah, hard to say, really. I'm I'm kind of mixed on that. You know, I, I certainly hadn't heard any rumblings of change coming. Um, I had which doesn't necessarily mean mean anything because hadn't on Joyce. Well, I guess hadn't heard that was coming now. So it's hard to say. Uh, and it is quite a mixed bag. I mean, obviously, I think things generally look pretty good right now. Like I say, obviously, basketball is is cooking along really nicely. I think even with David Roddy going to the NBA, I think everyone, you know, big picture is pretty optimistic there. And and again, Jay Norvell, you know, we'll see what they do on the field, but he couldn't have done more, you know, off the field and, and in spring ball leading up to this coming season. So that certainly helps things. Um, but yeah, it's like I say, I, I think it's just a huge mixed bag that makes it really hard to, um, you know, evaluate as a, as a whole big picture. Well, and I mean, it's not like the fan base is ever going to be united, you know, in, in one yeah. point. You know, some people are always going to, yes, he deserves credit for this, but he, 10 things are wrong. Other people are going to be like, you're just trying to be negative. Like, you know, the direction yeah. is great. You know, it's about what yeah, have you done lately. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that job is so hard because you're always going to have a wide range of viewpoints. I, uh, I'm, I'm definitely glad that I did not choose to go into the, the athletic director's field. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a tough world, especially. I mean, things are are pretty wild right now. There's a lot to try and wrangle. I'm gonna let you go here in a couple of minutes. Um, one thing I want to just say, and, and we can kind of put the McConnell topic to to rest here, is just that you know, I, I tweeted I I was kind of critical of McConnell throughout her time at CSU. I I wasn't a big fan. I don't feel like she did a great job of connecting with the CSU community. But I just want to add that. I mean, talk about one of the worst times to have to try and be a president. Like you're this, you were never going to be able to make the students happy because some people are going to want to be in class. Other people are going to want to be digital. You have all the political turbulence. I mean, it just a brutal draw of a three-year stretch. Yeah. I mean, she could not have dropped in at a tougher time or, or right after, I guess she started. Couldn't have been a, a more difficult time, no doubt. Breckenridge Brewery, the hometown craft beer of your Colorado Avalanche, is celebrating this historic winning season with people who have supported this community through such a challenging year by gifting Avs tickets to a pair of community stars each home game during the playoffs, including the upcoming Stanley Cup Finals. We invite you to nominate a community member that deserves to get hooked up. I mean, Breck, they are going to be sending an Avs fan and a friend to each home game they're going to get hooked up with tickets, gear to match, and of course, the drink of the season, Avalanche Ale. On top of that, Breck also looking out for victims of the Marshall uh, Fire by donating proceeds from all Avalanche Ale sales through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County. Go check that out. Visit breckbrew.com to nominate a community star, send them to an Avs playoff game. Also check out the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever it is near you that sells all of Breckenridge's awesome products. And while you're at it, you know, if you're sitting back, you're watching hockey, maybe you've got some friends over for an abs watch party, you're throwing back some cold beers, you know what goes perfect with that? How about a little pizza? And there's none better in the Denver metro area than sexy pizza. We had sexy pizza at every Broncos tailgate. 
I loved it. I, I legitimately fell in love with it, and I am a snob. I really am. From June 2nd through June 12th, our fans can get 15% off their entire order when they use the promo code DNVRAVS. What is sexy pizza? I'm telling you guys, they're as local as it gets. It's a hand-tossed deck oven pizza. 12-inch, 16-inch, 18-inch crust, whatever you want. You can add on all the fixins. They've got wings, salads, uh, pasta, dessert options. I love their garlic knots. Don't forget, they've got vegan options. They've got a gluten-free crust. Whatever you get, they do not miss. To order online and get your 15% off your order, go to www.sexy.pizza. Use that promo code DNVRAVS, that's D-N-V-R-A-V-S, and get 15% off your order from June 2nd through June 12th. We do have a, a couple of questions here on Twitter for you. Um, one of them have has kind of been answered, but we'll go into it anyways. We've got a question from Stephen Cohen, who uh, is over at The Athletic out in Seattle. He wants to know what the uh, the recruiting plan is from you know the staff. And obviously, Norvell came in and talked a, a lot about wanting to get bigger at, at wide receiver and DB. That's you know been a trend with the offers. Where are some other positions, though, that you know you you could see CSU exploring depth between now and the season and moving forward? Yeah, uh, it's going to be fascinating. Big picture, CSU swinging pretty big um, as some pretty high-profile recruits, and it'll be fascinating to see what they can land. You know, the first class suggests they can get some pretty good ones. Uh, but yeah, coming up in you know. There will probably be more additions this summer before the season, especially now that the NCAA has lifted that cap um, on initials. I don't know where CSU's at on the 85 scholarship count. I have to take some time to go through that, uh, but I believe they should have a few. So you'll probably see some additions there, uh, but certainly in the next class going forward, they still want to beef up that re- uh, receiver room. They want a lot more guys. And like you said, you know, bigger, they like that, uh, you know, big, long type, you know, um, Sort of, you know, Tory Horton's a pretty solid mold of, of what they'll be looking for. DBs, they need more. I mean, you can see it. You know, they brought in a lot of JUCOs and transfers in this class, and that speaks to the lack of depth. Linebacker, I think, is one to really look for. Um, they've been pretty vocal that they want more, you know, speedy athletic linebackers, and that that room is pretty thin right now. You obviously have, you know, two-year holdovers and uh, you know, Daquan Jackson, Cameron Carter, and then, you know, a few young guys, Bam Amina, he's come out of injury, Aaron Moore, you know, the last staff talked a lot about, but he's basically constantly been injured. So you're pretty thin there. Um, you actually have a couple walk-ons that have uh, made an impact, which could help paper over some cracks, but linebackers definitely one. And, and then that D line, you're going to have to regenerate. That's another group that um, sort of is wonky in the classes, uh, class separation there. And then O-line, you know, it's kind of ironic, but the O-line room was not very good under uh, Steve Adazio. And it's pretty, uh, again, pretty out of whack. They had to bring in a lot of transfers, you know, what, four of the five starters this fall are probably going to be uh, transfers, uh, new transfers. Um, and so five really new need... starters, period. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Five new stars. So uh, they really need to regenerate that room as well. So I basically just listed every position, but uh, I certainly think linebacker uh, and DB are, are probably two high priority ones. Linebacker was an interesting one. You, that was one he brought up repeatedly in spring, mentioned it again after the spring game. And, you know, Cameron Carter obviously didn't get the start. It was a uh, Kulik, the walk-on who yeah. you were alluding to there. He actually made a, had an interception first drive, so was able to make yeah. the most of it. Um, they did 
end up uh, DeAndre Gill. They, you know, supposedly yeah. landed. I haven't seen if that signing is official yet. Um, I'll be curious to see what they do with him. Big body, obviously. Maybe he's more of like an edge, but I guess they could try and put him at like that stand-up linebacker role too. Going to be interested to see how that goes. Um, it looks Steve like Ivey he's won. probably an in. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, yeah, Gil looks like he's probably an end. I know all the graphics that yeah. he tweeted from CSU were, were DN, but yeah, that's uh, that's a potentially significant one. That'll be interesting. But yeah, they uh, certainly all those defensive positions, they know, and that makes sense. You know, they signed so many offensive guys and, and you know, offensive transfers from Nevada that we knew defense was kind of the one that they're going to have to you know, circle back to next. Just real quick, too, since we brought it up. Um... The NCAA has changed with the the scholarship rule on the initial limits. Can you just for fans that maybe don't know what exactly that means, like how is this going to change what CSU can do from a recruiting standpoint? Yeah, so in the last several years, you could only sign twenty five. You know, coaches call them initials, so so basically new players twenty five per year. Um, but that led to some wonkiness, and then they added seven more this year. You know, with basically uh, to help cover up for transfers and things like that. Uh, but led to some wonkiness, you know, if you had 30, you know, combo of 35 kids graduate and transfer, you could only sign 25. So you'd end up way below the scholarship limit. So They basically eliminate that for the next two years, at least. Basically, the cap, cap is 85 and you just need to be at 85 or below at all times. And it basically doesn't matter how you get there. You can give, you know, a walk on a scholarship or you can sign, uh, you know, 40 new kids to get to 85. You just stay out, have to stay at that cap. So that's why we could see some extra uh, movement this offseason, uh, depending on where CSU is at that 85 number. And essentially this was necessary just to kind of combat the roster movement, which is obviously at a, you know, place that's never been before. Yeah. And uh, ultimately Steve, it becomes health and safety too. Cause you know, if you're down to 60 scholarship guys, um, it could get, you know, literally dangerous. So, so yeah, it's uh, I think overall it's pretty good. I have a few quibbles and concerns, but overall I think it will be decent. Well, what is your quibble that, you know, coaches could come in and just cut too many guys. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest one is now like it's full on NFL mode. Yeah, you know, you in a lot of ways that roster. happened anyway, yeah. you know, people think of scholarships as four years when really they are not their, their year to year. Uh, but now it kind of encourages that, which I do uh, have concerns about that, you know, coaches will just run people out the door. And I do worry a little bit, you know, your walk-ons are maybe less likely to be rewarded, you know, cause that's, you know, when you had signed all your initials, you know, that's a time it's like, well, we still have a couple of open scholarships. You could maybe reward a walk on that. Or, and there are a few, you know, Drew Kulik is one, uh, you know, Giles Pooler. I think he should be on scholarship. He's going to be the backup quarterback. Uh, it looks like, um, so we'll see what happens there, but those are my main ones. But yeah, mostly the, uh, you know, coaches can just cut kids kind of at will, which, you know, isn't completely different from how it was, but it will encourage it a little bit more. I think you'll, you'll just, it'll become a little less, uh, shameless i guess like they'll just be i think you'll see a little bit more very blunt about it you know or it's just like yeah. it is what it is like we're trying to build a competitive football team i get that there's a lot of money involved but i mean it also kind of just shows how much the game has changed even like in a 10-year period like we've basically kind of thrown out the idea of amateurism at this point sort of like nil i mean especially at the big schools a lot of this stuff has been happening in, in these type of ways uh, we just now schools can publicize it and, and be excited, you know, promote it rather than trying to hide it. So uh, it's one of those. Yeah, certainly some things are changing significantly, but a lot of them are just now more public.
Last thing I want to ask you before we let you go here, just David Roddy, obviously, you know, it's, I've talked about this for two weeks now, so everybody knows how I feel on it. What, how, how does this change, you know, the view of CSU men's basketball going into the season, in your opinion? You know, I still think they're a competitive team, obviously, you know, with what San Diego State, Wyoming brings to the table, you're probably not a front runner at this point anymore. I also don't think there's like reason to panic to think that they're not, you know, a team that couldn't win 20 plus be in the conversation for a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm right there with you. I think if David had come back, it's a preseason top 25, um, probably pretty split votes with them in San Diego state for first in the Mountain West going in. Uh, now, yeah, San Diego state, I think is a heavy, heavy, you know, preseason favorite. Wyoming is number two. I'd probably have CSU four right now. Um, right. You know, right there. I think Boise, CSU and probably actually New Mexico are my three, four, five. Um, so yeah, I think CSU, you know, we'll see the full schedule, but you know, still a 20 plus win type of team. Um, certainly a postseason team. Uh the big question is, you know, can you turn from an NIT type team to NCAA team? Uh, you'll need guys, you know, Jalen Lake will need to take a big jump. John Tanjay will need to take uh probably a more consistent jump. Obviously, he's He's, He's done it in a lot of ways. Yeah. You just need it more consistently. And, and don't forget, John played basically a second half of the season with a bum knee. So that certainly affected uh, his play last year. Um, you know, we'll see. Obviously, the interior, uh, especially defensive side of things is a concern. Um, yeah, we'll see if Jacob Jennison's ready to go. We'll see if Patrick Cartier, what he's like, especially defensively. I think that's a big one, making the jump uh, from D2 to D1. But yeah, I think it's a solid team. I mean, you're still starting, you know, I don't want to call it a rebuild because that's not what it is, but reset, I guess, with the best point guard in the Mountain West. That's not a bad place to start, you know. Uh, I'd say don't forget Isaiah Stevens was the Mountain West freshman of the year uh, when him and David were freshmen. So uh, you've still got a pretty solid squad there. And, you know, fans obviously look at things kind of year to year. And of course, you know, I think in a lot of ways the the staff, you know, for a long time expected that David would play four years, but you know, this is why you recruit and develop guys like Jalen Lake to be ready. Cause you know, David Roddy wasn't going to be a Ram forever. So I think it's a very solid team with NCAA potential uh, right now. I would say NIT is probably the more likely destination, but they certainly can, can get there. And, you know, speaking of scholarships, they have two open ones, you know, it's a, a wonky time to be trying to add, but there are players out there. So, um, I don't think the full thing is set yet, but it's a, it's a very solid team. And, um, you know, I think we've both kind of said this, you know, Medved and the staff haven't really done anything, uh, you know, to make people think that, that they won't figure things out. So I expect a, a very good competitive team, but yeah, the ceiling, you know, certainly has been lowered a bit with, with David's exit. What are your thoughts on just how this helps the CSU basketball brand as a whole, having a guy like David Roddy come into your program you know, he chooses CSU over Big Ten schools, gets coached up, becomes the Mountain West Player of the Year. Now he has a chance to potentially, you know, get drafted. We'll see what happens there. Um, CSU, I mean, you have like the whole wide receiver U stuff, obviously Shaq Barrett. I mean, it's been a long time since Jay Smooth was relevant in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's huge. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, David Roddy is going to be the you know, the staple of, you know, recruiting in this program, you know, like you say, he was a, you know, fairly highly touted recruit, picked CSU over some, you know, quote unquote, sexier names. 
uh, you know, was kind of a role player as a freshman. Then each year he made significant jumps in his play, you know, which obviously speaks to him, but also, you know, some of the player development work CSU can do. Um, and in three years go from, you know, kind of a, a, a role player who had never focused on basketball fully because he was, I don't know if anyone knows this, but David Rye was actually a quarterback in high school um, to an NBA guy three years later. And that that's nothing but good in recruiting. And I think you and I, uh, probably both agree that David Roddy, well, certainly he speaks very highly of CSU publicly, but I would not be surprised if he's done already and in the future, you know, gets on a phone call with the recruit as needed and say, hey, you know, here's here's what worked for me at CSU. Here's why I think it could work for you. Um, you know, it's a, he was a great on and off the court ambassador. And I think we'll continue to be that for CSU. So, so yeah, obviously it's a bummer for fans that you don't get one more year with him at Moby, but big picture. Nothing but good for a CSU to have a guy like that. And like you say, CSU has a very short history of, you know, NBA success. You know, it's been since 2013 since someone's been drafted. That was Colton Iverson. Uh, you know, he, he never made it. Obviously, Stan Kidd got a real brief cup of tea. You know, you've had a lot of guys playing and succeeding overseas and still do, uh, but not really cracking NBA rosters. So having, you know, a Ram in the NBA is nothing but good for Medved and staff. Just a big recruiting standpoint. I mean, you know, San Diego State, obviously they have the success, but they're also, you know, really the only school in the Mountain West that on a year-to-year basis, like we're probably going to have a guy get drafted. I just, I think it's huge for you. I like how CSU's handled it. You know, they were really promotional with David. Obviously, they would have hoped that he would come back, but I think they handled it well. I mean, you would want, if you were, you know, an up-and-coming prospect with a bunch of big offers, you would want to know, I'm going to go to a program that, you know, ultimately, everybody knows like they're looking out for the team interest, but at the end of the day, they're also going to look out for you as an individual. Yeah, exactly. And I, I would also say, again, it's it's easy and very understandable. You know, the bittersweetness for CSU fans. But if you know, five years ago at the end of the Larry era, you'd say, you know, a few years down the road, you'll be coming off an NCAA tournament berth, and we'll be not only sending a guy to the NBA, but seeing him early because he's that good. I think few have believed it at the time. So uh, I think it's worth, you know, taking a step back and saying, okay, like the strides that have been made are pretty phenomenal. Um, and, you know, hopefully for CSU fans, they can continue. But, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it's been, uh, I'm not surprised, but it's nice that CSU's kind of, you know, been very supportive, you know, publicly and everything David's been doing. Cause again, it, it big picture does nothing but help. I love that you said that. I've just, I'm a big proponent of, enjoying the journey and and obviously you want to have expectations and eventually you want to get over a hump. But I just think that, you know, especially when you had a team like CSU where, you know, the hope was that they could really do something special. You get so caught up in that, that you don't even appreciate what you just did. And, you know, six seed in the NCAA tournament, finishing the year in the top 25, like this was a program that was in complete disarray, not that long ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I say, I, shoot shoot for the stars for sure but appreciate uh the steps to get there and you know for csu fans hopefully they can sort of follow a similar trajectory in, in football um and be you know in a few years can be talking about a bunch of wins and um celebrating that and thinking like well look at things where things were three four years ago so so yeah i mean it's uh you gotta appreciate and enjoy the successes as they happen because they're not guaranteed 
Well, Kev, this was a blast. Thank you for coming on and, and giving your perspective. Uh, before we let you go, Steve Ivey wants to know your thoughts on Man U and the EPL next year. Yeah, yeah, I saw you know Mike Rowe trolling us. Um, <laughs> I might have to, I might have to block you, Mike. I mean, first you're talking about wearing a Chelsea jersey, a Mason Mount jersey to to the game, and now you're trolling Man United. So, so Mike, I might have to cut you off here, buddy. Uh, but yeah, Manchester United is completely in shambles, an absolute disaster for the last many years, but. As any idiot sports fan, I have convinced myself that the tide has turned and things are going to be better under uh, new manager Eric Ten Hag. So uh, they're bouncing back. They'll qualify for the Champions League next year, Steve. Let's go. <laughs> that uh, feels very, very resemblant to Broncos fans right now and uh, talking ourselves into going back to dominance after a half decade of proving otherwise. But we shall see. Thank you for coming on, man. It'll be an interesting time for CSU Athletics. Obviously, we'll get you on the pod as we get a little bit closer to football season, but uh, try, and, try and enjoy the somewhat slow time. Like this, I feel like this is the like one month of the year we hopefully have to you know, get some hikes in or stuff like that. Yep, absolutely. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she She's rocking my teeth, tucked into new Prada jeans And we ain't spoke in a month But I just saw her last week The lipstick stain still on my cheek Like we ain't talk enough And we always seem to laugh But never nod at us So the future's looking grim It's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love That'd be too obvious See, this is more about lust And all of my misconceptions And this is more about me And all of my self-deception I'll tell myself a lie 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God I hope I learn my lesson and the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass And my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand We were tripping two left feet Like a middle school slow dance No one knew how to leave But I'm so thankful for these days They put a smile on my face Flirt with me when you're bored, that's what I'm here for Talk to me softly till I get a little more Attached to the fact that you reply so quickly Dash and retract only when you get sick of me Sit back reminiscing back to when I got them digits I swear I need a witness of somebody quick with pinches I was out there floating, all them feelings felt indigenous To places I don't visit, heart eyes when I'm grinning Heart eyes and them emojis You said you won't be on me, I said you won't be lonely You can't count on me like a bank teller counter ain't never felt prouder never holding back don't got a front when i'm around her i want to listen more like maybe i should say less i'm not sure how to make an album this is just my best guess my best friends are producers send me beats i bump the playlist imagine all the hours ableton was stuck on repeat all for me to rap about some girls who didn't like me sp four or fours and stupid bars all wrote on loose leaf i weigh a lot on promises that sound like maybes my contacts still just numbers but in person call me baby like why i fall in love with every Every girl that wanna date me Introspective but scatterbrained on the daily I'll make a tape with the homies and rap the same thing I know it's just rhymes but it sounds like everything And the peaches out from Palisade 
And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this shit sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy play the drums My mama slapped that bass And my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand We were tripping to left feet Like a middle school slow dance No one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days They put a smile on my face Thank you.